Welcome, everybody, to another fandibulous uh, episode of Forever Quest, uh, brought to you by myself, Jeff, uh, Sean. Hello, Sean. Hi there. And today's special guest, Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's snowing outside, and I'm kind of cold, but I'm doing well. And uh, is, is it your birthday? Was it mm-hmm. your birthday? It was yes. my birthday yesterday, yeah. Oh my gosh. Happy Turned birthday. 40, so one of those terrible milestones. Oh my god. Did you get like uh your favorite meal or anything like that? No, we did uh like I worked yesterday and my wife worked all morning, so it wasn't a good day to do anything. So we actually did a get together for my birthday the weekend before. And uh my whole D and D group came over and we had uh ribs and wings and beer and talk about politics and science and religion until two in the morning. So it was, it was a good time. Oh yeah, that's right. You just reminded me, we have to talk uh, philosophy today and like theoretical stuff. I forgot. That's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on. Right. Thank you for reminding me. We're not getting into politics though, people. No, no, um, what do you call it? Trigger warnings today. No violence, no politics. We're going to keep it light. I want to talk some sci-fi stuff with you. I love sci-fi. Yeah, so Josh was recently on a couple bonus ups, and we learned that he's one of these weird, smart people who likes Star Trek more than Star Wars or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or whatever. You knew those people too, Sean, those Star Trek people? Yeah, my dad. They're always smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they like, like the timeline. They like, they like to make sure the things out there make sense and that there's some, you know... The Q. The Q? You mean the head bad guy against Picard? Q's not a bad guy. He's not? No. He's he's the judge. He's the omniscient being that that just wants to see humanity do well. He's a very sympathetic character in the end. Really? Okay. Borg's a bad guy though, right? The Borg the Borg are definitely bad. The Borg are sweet. They're cool, but they're bad. And they're and they're scary. I love the Borg. Because you know if the Borg came to Earth now, we'd all be done. Like, there's there's no way around it. I would ask for an immediate hookup. I'd be like, I want to see what it's like inside that cube hive mind of yours. Can you please hook me up immediately? I think more than half people would. Borg it up, some baby. People, some people would. I feel like that would be a depressing life. Well, I want to know. Well, here we go. Let's jump right into it. I want to know what it would be like if we were in a hive mind. Because right now we have so many problems with like society doesn't understand each other. Like what if all of our brains were hooked up together? I realize there's horrible consequences that can come out, but it seems like there's good stuff too. Talk talk about that for a sec, Josh. We are going to talk EverQuest today, by the way. But what is your thought on that? Would that be a good thing if we all got tapped into each other's brains and understood everybody else's hopes and fears and the reason we believe things? I think that is inevitable for starters, but not necessarily in the Borg way because the Borg are being like assimilated and then they're these drones, these unthinking drones. I think it's inevitable that eventually humanity will move beyond biology and become a computer-based life form. And when that happens, we will all be hooked up into some kind of hive mind. Maybe not necessarily everything shared all the time, um, but kind of like a computer network where you can shut off and turn on a connection. Uh, it'll all be there. 
Like I think, I think we're going to have to eventually move beyond the need for these meat sacks that we walk around in now. What do you think of that meat sack, Sean? Are you talking right now, Sean? Can we not hear you? Did you? No, no. I just I, I had to contemplate for. I think oh, what I think is that if we did all hook up, there would the first thing that would happen is there would be a lot of shh, and then the more people that were hooking up. And the more simultaneous, there'd be more, shh, please, just shh. And then, you know, after a while of a lot of shh-ing, I think people would get tired of the shh sound. Right. And because it, it would be almost meditative at some point, because it would just be constant. It would just be shh. Because <laughs> everybody would be doing it. Please be quiet. You might hear that every once in a while, too. Oh, my gosh. See, you're, looking, think- at it, you're looking at it the wrong way, I think, though. See, you're, you're looking at it as what if we all just suddenly were connected in a hive mind? This is something that will happen gradually over centuries. Like, this is not going to be like one day, okay, we're all computers now. It's, it's going to be something that we have time to get used to. It's like, it's like living in cities. Like, if you took somebody from 2,000 years ago who's only lived in a small village and you stuck them in the middle of New York City, they would lose their minds. But... It's a slow process. So humanity moved from those small villages and slowly gathered more and and started living in bigger cities. And now you see someone living in New York and you could still argue that they've lost their mind, but it's not as as sudden. I can see that. I'm more fearful of people like Jeff being introduced into the hive mind, just constantly asking questions, not like seriously nonstop. Why are you? Oh, and then you're, oh, I can sense that. Oh my. And why? and, And then oh, you over there. Hey, I can see that you like the color and why? Oh, and then over here, this person and that, I think, I don't know. Will he he lose that? If he loses that, everything will be okay. You just got to unplug your Jeff port. I see. I see. You should disconnect, disconnect from that feet. That's all you got to do. I don't like the, I don't like the direction this conversation is going. And um, let's talk about some EverQuest guys. Uh, This game that we play, uh, so, Josh, you've been extremely successful at uh, racking up a lot of platinum in the game of EverQuest, more than anybody else in our community, as far as I know. And what's <clears throat> extraordinary about it is you're not in, like, the top guild. You're not, like, going on raids and selling raid equipment and getting your plat this way. As a matter of fact, you're farming plat to buy some of those items. Uh, take us through your process. H- how is it that you're able to get rich? Um, I actually don't sell any raid equipment. So I haven't made any money doing that. My guild actually has a rule um, about selling any gear you've gotten in in a raid from the current expansion or the previous expansion. So we're not supposed to be winning stuff in raid and then turning around and selling it, even if it's like a top end thing from from Velios, which is now a past expansion. We're not supposed to be selling that stuff. So I haven't had the benefit of of winning a big ticket item and turning around and selling it. It's all just been farming stuff that I know I can sell on my own. Okay. So then I know some of the farming that you've done, but let's take people through the process. Cause I know you really hit your stride with money during Luckland. So Luckland comes out the day it comes out and what are you doing? And is it specifically to get money or was it just a side effect? Well, here's the thing. Um, I've had, I have more platinum in Luckland than I did in plat- past expansions, but a lot of the platinum that I've been able to spend in Luckland is from uh, Kunark and Velios because what oh. I was doing is I was farming and then I was buying up Chrono when it was 
I think I started buying Chrono when it was around 10,000 platinum a Chrono. And a lot of them that I bought were through Val- through Valios. I was buying them at about 11 to 17,000 platinum each. And then the price spiked and I w- I've been selling them when I need to buy something for 120 to 150,000 now. So that's kind of like, I've got a lot of money in Valios and I have done a lot of farming in Valios as well. I can get to that in a moment, but a lot of what I've got now actually came from farming uh, the Velios Quest gems. Um, I made tens of thousands of platinum that I turned into Chrono, uh, farming and selling those mostly in Velks. And, and was that you had to get those early, right? Because I noticed getting them near the end of Velius, nobody wanted those things. You could maybe get a couple hundred per. So are you saying early in Velius you were getting them? And if so, how much were you getting per some of these gems? There, yeah, there was definitely a drop off as people finished their quests because it's something you only have to do like a few times per character, right? I mean, you get your set of gear that you want, and then maybe you get a set of gear for alts, and you don't need to do the quests anymore. So, yeah, the demand for gems was was down. They were still selling at the end of Velios, but the demand tapered off quite a bit. Um, in early Velios, like I think I started farming them maybe like a week in. And if I remember correctly, the good ones I was getting like 2,000 plat per gem down to about 1,000 to 800 plat per gem for the more common ones. And I think the most common ones, I don't think I sold any during a couple week period. I don't think I sold any for less than 500 plat each. And I was trying to sell relatively low because it's always been my philosophy in EverQuest to just sell low and get rid of the item because I don't need all these gems, but I want the plat and I want to take that plat and turn it into Chrono. So I want to sell it as fast as I can. I don't want to spend any extra time sitting in the East Common Lands Tunnel or sorry, the Common Lands Tunnel because this is a TLP. I don't want to spend any more time in there than I have to. So yeah, I made a lot of platinum doing that. I know that, sorry. Really quick, I, I want to make sure we level set our audience. First of all, I just want to tell everybody what Chrono is really quick since we're mentioning it. I know we mentioned on some past ones, but basically there's this thing you can buy for like $10 to $15 from Daybreak Games. They actually give it to you in-game. It looks like a little gem. You can consume it and you get a free month of EverQuest. So then the fact that these exist in-game means that people turn it into currency. And so there's this uh, number associated with a chrono. Like right now, it's like 150,000 plat is a chrono. And, you know, when the server first came out, it was a different number. And so when we say chrono, that's what it is. It's just like, it's a dollar bill kind of. It's like turning, it's a form of currency in the game. Um, And then second of all, Josh, can you explain to everybody, are you getting these from having one of your characters join a group? Are you boxing? Can you tell people how many characters you box? And when you're normally doing these Velks farm, in what method were you getting them? Um, well, while I'm farming platinum, I'm always doing my three box crew, which right now I use a monk, a druid and an enchanter. Um, it's a really good combination. It's people would argue it might not be the best combination, but it's a, it's a really good combination for farming. Um, I don't like joining groups when I'm trying to farm because then I have to share and I have to rely on winning roles against people. And I am terrible at winning roles. I would much (laughs) rather, um, just just kill the stuff myself and keep everything for myself. Um, so yeah, most of the time when I hold on a second, oh, I didn't get there. Sorry. I've got my trader open actually right now. Okay. So my bizarre trader I've got open right now. 
Um, and I kind of, when you were talking about the price of Chrono, I searched it in the bazaar and the average is like 150 to 170,000 right now. Okay. Platinum per Chrono. So I just searched the price to check it and the average is, yeah, about 170 and someone was selling two for 89,000 each. Oh, I was like, oh crap. So I just started running while I was trying to explain that. And I was oh, trying no. to find the trader and uh, he sold them before I got there because always hustling. Always- see, see folks, this is why he's got the plat. He's always hustling. Even when he's recording a podcast, he's hustling. That's that's the thing. If I had managed to snag those two chrono at eighty nine thousand platinum apiece, I could have then sold them almost immediately for one hundred and seventy thousand each, and that's one hundred and sixty thousand plat profit right there. So that uh, and you know what? And if I hadn't been trying to explain right. what characters I use to oh, farm, I might so have gotten sorry. there quicker. So you owe me one hundred and sixty thousand platinum. Is basically I don't I don't easily. have it. I think I have twenty thousand at the moment, um, and I keep spending it to make Sean gate potions. Yeah, no, that actually, they probably sold like almost immediately. There's people that just watch the bazaar like a hawk. So I I don't know if I had much chance anyways. But yeah, as I was saying, yeah, when I'm farming, I don't like grouping because I don't want to have to share my loot. I do enjoy grouping, just not when I'm specifically trying to farm plat. Um, I take my three box crew and uh, and I'll go sit in a, far, in a camp and just fill up my bags. I've got those nice 40 slot, 100% weight reduction bags on all my characters so I can hold a ton of loot before I have to pour it out. Okay. So and, what about, um, d- when you like pour it out, do you already have memorized what weird items are worth money? Like a good example is like Shisar blood, but the exceptional Shisar blood isn't worth money, but the Shisar blood is like, do you know these items or do you look up everything in your bag one at a time to be like, Oh my God, what I have some weird quest item worth 10,000 plat. Like how do you go through that process? Um, a lot of stuff I knew coming in kind of what I was looking for because every server, the Velios quest gems are going to sell and every server, there's some items that are going to be in demand. Um, if anything with this server items are in a little bit less demand because drops are so common, but if there's an item that I don't know, um, usually because you can access the bazaar from anywhere. I don't know if you realize that. Um, I can be sitting at my camp in Velks and an item can drop. I can just type backslash B-A-Z and put in the name of the item and it'll tell me what it's selling for right now. So like, I don't even have to gate out to check that. I can check while I'm at my camp. So usually anytime something drops and I'm not sure the value of it, I'll just look it up right there. Oh, that's cool. It, yeah, it's super useful. There's actually in a later expansion, I don't know which expansion it is, you can actually buy and sell from the bazaar um, anywhere in the world. Okay. But I can't, that's, that's many expansions down the road. I couldn't tell you what expansion that is. Is, um, how hard is boxing? Sean and I have never done it. Um, it's honestly, it depends on what you're doing. Like if I, if I just try and log on my three characters and go join a group somewhere and I haven't had time to kind of process in my mind what I'm doing, it can be a little frantic because I'm trying to get everyone in position and I'm trying to figure out what exactly I need to do. And it's actually, I find it's harder to box as a part of a group than it is just solo with my three characters. Okay. Um, if I'm taking my three characters, like this, say this morning, for example, I was in Acrylia Caverns. So I take my three characters in there. I find a, I pick a spot that I'm going to sit and I pull with my monk 
and I've got a process. Like I go and I pull a pack of mobs with my monk. I get them in position so that my enchanter pet is hitting them from behind. And then one at a time, I'll kill the mobs while my monk tanks them all. Or if they're really hard hitters, maybe I'll mez a few with my enchanter. Um, and then I'll just I pick one target and I'll attack it. And then I have my pet attack it. And then once it's down to about 15%, if I switch my pet attack target, it won't actually switch targets until the mob's dead. And then I switch with my monk, which one I'm attacking, to that same target so that I've got a little bit of aggro. And that way there's no gap in my attacks. So I'm constantly DPSing the pack of mobs. And it's a and it's a set system that I have down. And then I heal and buff with my druid, maybe throw on some dots. But it's a set system that I have down. So it's actually really easy once you get into that groove and you have everything positioned. Um, it's it's barely harder than playing one character. It's when you're trying to move around and and adapt to things, playing more than one character can get a little harder. Are there literally three laptops in front of you? Uh, nope. There is one laptop and two desktops. Oh, okay. But it is the, you don't you don't tab <clears throat> on the same computer. No, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure there are programs that will let you do that. But Mischief is a TrueBox server. Okay. So. Uh, what a TrueBox server is, is you're allowed one account per computer. So you can have multiple accounts, but you need okay. a separate machine running each account. At least that's the rule. Um, I'm sure some people have ways of circumventing that. Um, I don't even try because for me, it's easier to just use three separate computers than to try and figure out some weird cheat software. Um I'm not good at that stuff. So yeah, I just have three computers in front of me. I've got my three mice sitting to my right and I've got three keyboards to my left and my hands just kind of know where to go by now. You have to switch up those mice on accident sometimes, right? Grab the wrong mouse. Um, no, not really. Are they different shapes? Are they, do they look different? Yes. Okay. So I've got, like, I've got like a gamer mouse in the middle, so it's much bigger and it's got ridges on it. So when my hand hits that one, I know where it is. And then I have two smaller, just kind of old school, like corded PC mice on each side of it. So like, unless I get confused and turn around and I'm talking to someone, um, yeah, I'm not going to forget which mouse is where. All right. I want to talk about um, the way you made money in Luckland, but let's divert back again here quick. And Sean, any other questions on all that stuff before I take us back to some philosophy questions? No, I did. I did a little boxing actually with your cleric back in the day. Um, but I was remembering him when he was explaining it. I was remembering some of the things I had gotten into rhythm with, and also eventually I never grouped up because it was just such a pain in the butt. Yeah, grouping while you're boxing is it's not it's not as fun. Like if I'm going to join a group, I want to join as like just my monk or just my druid. Now I'll sit I'll sit a character outside of the group for buffs if I need to. Or if we're lower levels playing alts, maybe I'll do like throw in some extra heals. But it's no fun to actively play characters while you're grouping because grouping's like that social thing in EQ, right? Like you want to be enjoying the group. You don't want to complete be completely focused on your little boxing routine. Yep. Yeah. All right. So Josh, I know that you um, wanted to talk about the great filter and the Fermi paradox, but that's going to be our grand finale. So don't think I'm forgetting it. We're going to get to it, but here I'm going to leave me about 45 minutes for that. Oh, we, we had to start a while ago then. <laughs> okay. Really quick. Um, uh, 
we were having a long conversation about this very topic with Bard yesterday, as well as Doomsday in the chat. Um, and that's kind of a two-part question. I just want your opinion, right? We all have our opinions. I'm just wondering how you believe on this. A, is there a designer, whether it's a god or whether it is a simulation that we're in, whether it's a video game we're in, whatever, is there a greater intelligence in your opinion? And then B, if there is or if there isn't, are we beings of free will or are we deterministic where our past actions and our DNA are going to predetermine our actions? So we are doing this right now. I thought you were saving it to last. <clears throat> no, no, we're saving the Fermi paradox and the great filter for last. Cause that's my favorite philosophical philosophical concept. And I definitely want to get to that at the end. Okay. So my, my answer to this question actually answers the Fermi paradox and the great filter as well. Perfect. So I, they're, they're kind of all integrated into one theory. Um, so are you familiar with the simulation theory? Uh, I don't know. It's basically, it's the idea that we are living in a simulation. It's exactly what it sounds like. That somewhere down the road, humanity has developed the, the computing power to accurately down to the absolute tiniest detail simulate the world that we live in and we are living in that simulation <clears throat> and it's actually like you may hear that and think wow that seems incredibly unlikely like everything seems really real to me like this is clearly reality but the thing is if we were in a simulation which i believe we may be um everything would seem completely real to us and Mathematically, it's actually very likely that if humanity ever develops that ability to create a simulation, that we would be in the simulation rather than being actual, real, biological humans. Well, now this is interesting because you're leading right into the Great Filter because, yeah, the Great Filter would say maybe we never get to that point. But sorry, go on. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. So if you believe that humanity will make it past the great filter, whatever that filter turns out to be, or maybe we've already made it past, I don't know. So if, if you believe that humanity has or will get past that great filter, then it's almost a given that we will someday develop the computing power to simulate the world. And then even if humanity only makes one simulation, like one historical simulation that runs through the time period we're going now, then we've got a 50-50 chance that right now we're in a simulation because we would not be able to know the difference. So we naturally think we're, we're real. Like this is the first time humanity has run through the galaxy like this. But if, if simulations of the galaxy or the universe, sorry, exist, then, then there's a chance, a good chance that we are actually in the simulation rather than real. Okay, so now I want to tee up for the audience uh, the concept of what the Great Filter and the Fermi Paradox are, and then you can take it from there on what your opinions of them are. Um, uh, there's a couple great podcasts out there that cover this. Josh Clark, End of the World, covers it great, as well as Dan Carlin in his, um, in his Blueprint to Armageddon podcast does a really good breakdown of these theories. And the idea is, <clears throat> the Fermi Paradox is there was this guy named Fermi who was like, uh, you know, if you do the calculations, there has to be billions of life forms in the universe, right? We've all heard this. Like, if you look at, you know, look out there, there's got to be life form out there. It's just too many p 
possibilities has to exist, right? Guy called Fermi comes along and says, okay, check this. If so many life forms are out there, how, why have we not met a single one? That is a paradox, right? That is the paradox. And then he says, what if there's a second theory I can blow your mind? What if there would be life forms out there, except for the fact that the great filter keeps cutting off life everywhere. And the great filter is once a life form has the ability to kill itself, it will eventually. And so it, to me, this is like really fun to think about. Cause to me, like then we're all of a sudden in a video game and us as a society is try currently trying to get through the great filter, right? We made, you know, bioweapons, we make nuclear bombs. We, we do all these things. Like, can we survive the ability to destroy ourselves? Especially once we get to the point where one lone, you know, crazy person could just do it with a 3d printer. Like, can we get through this period of time? So there you go. Teed up. Uh, Josh, those are the theories. What is your opinion on all this stuff? Okay, so as far as the great filter goes, it's not just us destroying ourselves. There's there's more there's more possible filters outside of that. Like there could be, like I think one of the ones Josh Clark talks about in his podcast um, is what if there is a civilization that reached space before us and they want all the res resources for themselves, so they as soon as they see someone about to break out of their solar system, they wipe them out. Nice. So that's, that's kind of one of the filters that he um, brings forward as an idea. Um, I don't like that one personally because it's boring and there's nothing we could do about it. So <laughs> I like to think that that one's not going to happen. I don't think that's the great filter. I think it's far more likely that we're going to destroy ourselves or that we're going to be destroyed by by something like a virus or a bacteria that we just do not have the ability to fight. Because, um, I mean, we've all seen how out of hand a virus can get over the past couple of years, and that's not even a particularly deadly virus. Like, can you imagine something that spreads like that and, and killed a lot more people? Like, it's a scary thought. And war nuclear weapons there's there's so many ways like biological weapons there's so many ways that we could just wipe ourselves out just by being stupid um even climate change i mean it would take a little longer but conceivably we could render this planet completely uninhabitable in the next couple hundred years so there's plenty of ways that we could do ourselves in as a species um and i think most of them were faced with very soon like I think I think we're at the point in humanity now where we're at that filter and and we need to get past that. So if we make it through the next say 500 years, maybe that's all it takes. Um which also is 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 another reason for me that kind of reinforces the whole simulation argument because if we're at that point in human history where we're coming up a great that against that great filter, uh what better time to create a simulation of? Right. Yes. So yes. maybe maybe we're sitting here in 20. Is it 21 still? Yeah, it's, it's sitting here in 2021. And we don't realize that in 2023, that's the moment. That's the moment where we come up against that filter and we either make it in this simulation or we don't. Um, clearly, if we're simulated, someone made it through in the past. But but that's kind of that's the exciting point. Right. So maybe that's the point that that needs to be needs to be played through or observed or watched at some point in the future. So <clears throat> lost my train of thought a little bit. That's very interesting though. Cause that does tie everything together. Like 
Yeah, if there is a great filter, what better time for the future to run a bunch of simulations to be like, how could we have done this better? How could we have approached the great filter better? Uh, what can we learn from it? Um, super interesting stuff. Uh, so do you... Yeah. Do you I got, wait, I got a question. Yeah. Okay. If, if, if we are in a simulation and or are also destined to kill ourselves because if I'm understanding those are the two constants... They've, then there's a then there's a paradox created as well because obviously somebody's controlling the simulation who still exists and therefore they haven't died which means that the, the it's not possible for those two things to exist um how do you mean well if if this is a simulation we're simulating something yeah. that and being simulated by something and if also we're agreeing that the end is automatic and inevitable because that is the nature of what we are, life, which we would need to define first, but we'll just agree that we agree on that, that we agree on what the term life means, um, then there's a paradox. It's okay. almost Descart Descartian because you're basing the premise on the ending yeah. and the ending on the, on yeah. the beginning. I, right. I, like I think I see what you're saying, but what I was saying, I didn't say that it's inevitable that we, that we destroy ourselves. I was saying that if we are a simulation, that's proof that we made it through the great filter and did not destroy ourselves. But they would still want to study the filter, period. They might want they might want to study this point, or it might be a matter of entertainment, because millions of years in the future, when it comes right down to it, we're still talking about humans, right? And humans have that need for entertainment. I mean, everybody's played a game like The Sims or SimCity or Age of Empires or something yeah. like that, Civilization. We have that urge. <clears throat> sorry, losing my voice. We have that urge even now to simulate our past or even to simulate aspects of our present. So why would that change in the future? So it might even just be a matter of, of boredom. Like, what do you do when you are this post-biological species that has access to all the information in the universe and limitless resources, what, what do you do with your mind? Well, you make a simulation and you observe life during a simpler time, maybe, maybe around a, an exciting event like when humanity came up against the Great Filter and punched through. So <clears throat> I don't know if that answers your question. And also, as far as someone controlling the simulation, that's that's the, the beauty of the simulation. No one needs to be controlling it. They just need to create that simulation and, and hit start. And everything going through, everything that we're experiencing in the simulation isn't being controlled necessarily. It might just be another run through of reality if the simulation is complete enough. So it doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have free will within this simulation or that we're not or that we're any less individual and human. We're experiencing everything and we're making all our own choices. And maybe we would make different choices than were made before. And the simulation would turn out different than reality did. Hmm. So then we have a different definition of simulation. And we have, this is what we came to yesterday, too, because if in my mind, a simulation has parameters, it has to by definition. Well, yes, the parameters would be the rules of the universe. It's the same parameters that you would experience assuming that we were that we are real and not in a simulation. Right, the parameters then, would be the then, there's an, then there's a beginning and an end that is known. 
in in the simulation. In which case, in other realities or in what you might call the real reality, there those those would not be limitations, right? That existed. But we're not we're not conscious of them if we were in a simulation. All right, guys, we're going to come back to this. Yes. I'm going to put a bow on this here. It, it, we're going to come back because we're going to go off the trail again. And uh, let's talk about making money in EverQuest. What do you guys think? Should we talk a little more EQ? I think. Sure. Science fiction and EverQuest are my two favorite things. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's talk about the simulation that we like to play. Uh, let's talk about EverQuest. <laughs> and Lucklin comes out. And this is when I became aware of you making a ton of money because you were like posting in the Discord, like just sold another one of these for 10 grand and 10 grand. And I'm like, what? So explain, take us through your process of what you did as soon as Luckland came out. Um, Well, before, before Luckland even released, I kind of planned ahead and I said to myself, okay, Lucid Shards for the Vexthal key are going to be tradable on this server. So <clears throat> I only need one set of these for myself because I had no plans on getting my my boxes keyed for Vexthal. So I'm thinking I only need one of these, one each of these for myself. And it's I know that on past servers, they were kind of a pain to farm, um, but they weren't that bad. Like they were definitely doable. Um, so I planned ahead and I was like, okay, I'm going to farm as many of these as I can and see if I can sell them to other people. And I was actually, I was surprised how much and how often people were willing to pay for something that's so easy to farm um, <laughs> on on the mischief on the mischief server? I think it was was it a week into Lucklin that they changed the drop? The drop yeah, week week and a half, two weeks. It was between one and two weeks after it came out. So they actually they changed it and made it easier. So before, like, say you're trying to get the shard from Acrylia Caverns, you need to kill a specific mob in a specific spot in Acrylia Caverns to get a chance at getting a lucid shard. So they changed it so anything in that zone can drop it. And that applies to all, is it eight or ten? I should know this. That applies to all ten lucid shards. So ten different zones. Um, Before, just a handful of mobs would drop it. Now everything in the zone would drop it. and I was thinking to myself, okay, so I've got, I've got a week, um, farm as many of these as I can and sell them because as soon as they open up the drop rate on these, the prices are just going to tank. And they didn't. And <laughs> so I've been farming, like I spent, what are we, a month and a half into Luckland now? Yeah. Like I spent probably a solid four weeks just spending all my spare time farming shards and, and, shipping them off to my trader in the bazaar and selling them. And I was getting anywhere from like 8,000 platinum to 20,000 platinum for some of them per shard. Wow. And That's like, I could be like, it's, it's easy to do. Like I could pop into Acrylia caverns, farm for an hour, get three of them, uh, port over to, uh, to twilight sea and run over to the, to what's that zone. Uh, twilight sea, the one I'm thinking of. Um, no, the one beside it, Scarlet Desert. That's the one I'm trying. Pop yeah. over to Scarlet Desert, get a few shards there. Pop over to the Gray, get a few shards there. Pop into Sharacia's at Temple, get a few shards there. Um, port back to the bank and and transfer some into my cellar. And as long as I was keeping an eye on it, and every time I sold those shards, 
I just camp my seller out and transfer some from like my monk over to my druid who's on the same account as my seller and and transfer them through the shared bank and like I could be selling a dozen of these things a day and and people are still buying them now. Like I sold I sold a couple of them for 3000 platinum each just a few days ago. Like I don't know who who out there doesn't have their key yet. <laughs> but, I mean apparently I mean maybe people are keying up alts, I don't know, but people are still buying them. Well, Crazy. plus, I, I think it's one of those deals where, like, once you get eight, you're just like, I'm done with this. I have 10,000 plat. Maybe I just buy the last two. You know what I mean? It's a long process. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Some are easier to get than others. Um, like, I didn't really, I didn't farm the Maiden's Eye one to sell because they apparently always also drop in Grieg's End. Yep. And anything that drops in Grieg's End is worth nothing. Like, that's <laughs> just the way it works. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. You can get the Wand of Shrinking and the Bag of Shisar Fangs in Grieg's End. Those are the two items that are actually worth something. Okay. I'm Yeah, I'm exaggerating. There's actually a ring that drops in Grieg's End. I just sold one this morning for 7,000 platinum. Wait, wait, I think wait. I got it when I was grouping with you guys the other day. Say what the name um, of the ring is yeah. then, please. We lost you there. The Ring of, I didn't say, the ring of Absurdity. Lunacy. Yeah, absurdity. Absurdity. No, absurdity. it's not lunacy. Yeah. It's absurdity. I've never seen that one. That one still. Well, it must be less common, but that one still sells for like seven thousand. I just sold one of those this Ooh, morning. Nice. Um, but the thing is, while you're doing this, or at least what I was doing while I was farming these shards, um, I figured out what mobs also dropped other good items that I could sell. Um, so while farming shards in Acrylia Caverns, for example. If you don't go all the way into Inner Acrylia, if you farm the level 50-ish bosses outside, um, they can drop two items called the Yellow Fang Earring and uh, Transient Idol. And those even now are still selling. Like I've been selling the earrings for 50,000 each. Uh, the Idol is a range item usable by melee. It's a pretty decent non-raid item. It still sells for like 15,000 each. So if you're if you're kind of aligning your shard camping with some other rares that can drop other stuff that sells, then you're kind of doubling down on the plat you're making. You're going to have to tell us afterwards exactly where that is in Acrylia Caverns, because it's actually the one camp that Sean and I still want to do before Pop opens. We finally got to do kennels the other day. We had never done it, and now we've never camped Acrylia for XP or for gear or whatever, and so you're going to have to point us to the best place for us to go in there. Oh, Acrylia is great. I love that zone. And the experience is actually really good. All right, um, back to philosophy. And then we're going to sandwich this thing like a BLT. We're going bread, meat, bread, meat, bread, meat. Okay, back to philosophy. So all that said, everything we just talked about and the parameters, can you talk about the free, could we dive into the free will aspect a little more? And when you do have parameters, how can free will still exist? I mean, I guess you've kind of answered the question already, right? You you said in, in your mind, we all still do have free will, even if we're in a simulation. Is that correct? Yeah, as much as as much as anyone would have free will anyways. Um, we're all a product, even if we're not in a simulation and we're 100% biological first humans to, to trek through the, the universe, we still are a product of everything around us, right? So we have free will, but there's some amount of predictability to it. So like you could, you could argue that no one has completely free will because you can always say with some kind of accuracy, what someone's going to do in a situation, but we all, we all have free will. Like, I don't think that's, 
really an argument. I don't think we're being controlled or, or any way like orchestrated, even if we're in a simulation. But like we're we're a product of the parameters of either reality or the simulation. I've never really thought of it that way, and I kind of I kind of like that because I. Yeah, the, the idea that you can be in a simulation and still have the free will. And I think one of the reasons I like that ad idea is the more I learn about us, the more I th think we don't have a ton of free will. But I also think that's a really bad assumption to make as a person. Like, for example, if you start thinking you don't have free will, then you start to, like, hold yourself less accountable. And if you don't think other people have free will, there's then no consequences for anybody. And it just seems like assuming we don't have free will can potentially lead us down bad paths. See, I don't even see free will as a as a helpful term or really that useful of an argument. Because we see even even today with the technology we have with AI, there is some degree of free will there. Because you you see the like the the AI bots that some of these big tech companies are making, and they'll make this AI that's a probably a completely terribly flawed AI. And they'll unleash it on the internet and it does something completely unexpected. Like they make AIs, like I think, I don't know the story exactly. So I'm probably going to say that I mean, I'm probably going to be lying here or something, but like uh, Microsoft made an AI and they like exposed it to Reddit for a day and it turned into a, like a racist Nazi. Right. Like, yeah, like I've heard that, about that too. That's, I don't know if that's the exact story. That's probably just filtered through like who knows how many Facebook articles and, and so on. Right. But even then you're making a, a limited flawed AI and it still has enough free will. I'm doing air quotes. I know no one can see me <laughs> free will to, to make that kind of an unexpected turn. So like if you, if you can't even say with certainty that something created now by Microsoft doesn't even like has some degree of free will, then like, how can you argue that we don't? I'd heard another story, and I also don't know if it's true, but it's fun to think about that. You know, the opening scene in the Lord of the Rings movie where they go back in time to like the first stage and they fight over the ring. And yeah. there's a there's a huge orc army and a huge human army. Apparently, when they first ran it, all the orcs laid down and they're like, what the hell? And so the AI kind of took over and the orcs decided it would be best if they all laid down. And I want to see that cut of the movie. That's I hadn't heard. That. That's kind of funny. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's why that's why I don't see free will as a useful argument because, I mean, clearly we're making choices and we can't even we can't even control the crappy AI we're able to make now. It has free will, so yeah, of course free will exists. Interesting. Well, that's that's your side, right, Sean? You're you're a big free will guy as well. This is all jiving with you. Do you think we can have free will if we're in a simulation, Sean? No, I I don't because it's I don't because of the way I define simulation. But I understand what he's saying completely, and it, I'm not saying that it's not possible. It's it. What happens is that we start when we start to think or believe that that's the case is the same in my mind is the same thing that happens if. I mean, basically, then I could also say that's the same theory, God theory, or to me, or as saying I'm, we're, that we're living in a dream. That there, or that there, my perspective is the only one that is real because there's no way to prove it different. All of those things can definitely. I think that's true. actually the origin of uh, simulation theory is Descartes' uh, "We're all living in a dream" hypo hypothesis. 
Yeah. But hey, I, I just so sold too. another lucid chart. It- oh, damn. <laughs> See, they still sell. Um, but I think I'm wondering, and correct me if I'm wrong, but are you thinking of a simulation kind of in the sense that we're playing EverQuest? So that like I would be a character who's being controlled by someone somewhere else? Is that what you're seeing as a simulation? I, yeah, I can't, I can't. Well, so if I read the definition, it's, there are three words within the definition that that bother me when it comes to free will. One is imitation. So the, the actual definition is imitation of a situation or process. Yeah. So in, immediately, if it's imitating something, then it, I don't need to explain. Yes. I think that makes sense. The second description is the action or pretending with the semicolon deception. So there's an obvious allusion to being tricked. Yeah. Right. Back to, okay, now there's somebody in control and I don't, there's no possibility for free will because whatever it is that's being, what I'm perceiving or being perceived is, is, is the, the perceiver is, is, is living in reality. Well, the yeah, perceived. Sorry. Continue and then I'll, then I'll say my part. Yeah. The perceived is obviously being perceived. And so whatever it is that they think is happening is not. Then the last piece of it is alluding to the production of a computer model or something, especially for the purpose of study. So that piece of the definition to me means that it only qual- it only really comes into qualification when you're speaking about the, the age of information or technology. And so the definition kind of comes out of I know it doesn't directly, but it kind of comes out of the idea of technology, copy, copying something that already exists. Yeah. And I think that that last part kind of answers the first part a little bit, because you're saying, um, number one, what were you saying? It was a it was a, a copy or an imitation. Was that the number one? Yeah. Imitation of a situation. See, I think because I don't think it is us as people that would be copied or imitating. It's the environment that we exist in. So the world that we live in has been copied or imitated. And then that world has been left to evolve in the same way that it did in reality. So if you, if you create a simulation that's a copy or an imitation of reality, and then you allow everything in that new reality to progress as it would, everything within that reality would still have its own free will as much as it would in reality if it's an accurate enough simulation so there's there's nothing to say that we have to be somehow controlled or manipulated by this simulation we're just experiencing it as we would be experiencing the real world so more like a petri dish like like the physical world here actually exists but we were just put here by some other beings and then left to see what would happen not even not even left here physically just just all being simulated digitally, but with enough accuracy in that simulation that everything would unfold the way it, it normally would. And everything everything within that simulation has the freedom to unfold the way that it, it chooses. Mm-hmm. Right. But so then this goes back to presupposing a perceiver to me. Then you're automatically assuming that there's someone perceiving it. Yeah. Because otherwise well, no, that's, that's the assumption for, for simulation theory that you have to make that assumption that at some point in the future, 
humanity has the capability and the desire to make an accurate simulation of our reality. So that's you can't you can't have the whole theory of the simulation without making that assumption. Like you have to have you have to have that someone making this. You can't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah. And then so there, I guess if, if that goes to for me, then that's where the free will of it part of it goes away. Because at some point then there 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 if there is a perceiver and they have some control whether it's relative to the parameters they set down to begin with or currently are having some sort of control, then then you don't, you know, according to what the definition of free will is. You See, the only, the only thing that compromises as far as re- free will goes is in that scenario, we wouldn't choose to be created. So we wouldn't choose to have, like, we didn't choose to be put here, basically. And that's, that's the case anyways. Like none of us made a choice to be born. So, oh, okay. Well, there you go. So Jeff chose to be born, but none of the rest of us made a choice to be born. So you can, like, if that's your argument against free will, then none of us have free will because none of us chose to be here. But once we're here, then we've got free will. Well, yeah, again, but then there's, yeah, if, if the parameters by which the, the, the simulation is created presupposes there's a perceiver, then it's, for me, it's the same thing as God, right? So that, that we didn't exist before this and we came into being, that's also, that is also a presumption. So could be a presumption. And whether or not we chose to be born is also potentially a presumption. Because we don't know, right? We could have. We could have definitely. There's there's no just as much as this could be a simulation, part of the simulation could be that we didn't we don't understand that we were actually chosen to be born and we there was a time and place for it, especially if we're in a simulation. All of those parameters can exist. We just wouldn't know. Well, yeah, that actually that accurate that oh man, stumbling over my words. Um that actually argues kind of that we have more free will. Um if you're if you say that one of the possibilities of a simulation is that maybe maybe we chose in another life yeah in our non-biological future to be put into this simulation so so maybe we did choose to be here so if this is a simulation we actually have more free will than if this was like a biological reality i call that the the roller coaster then- version like you get on a roller coaster cuz you choose to take a ride and you don't have much con- you don't have much control when you're on it but then when you're done you go back i i like that idea a lot too that like we all chose to go on the uh the earthling during you know the the this uh time period and we're on this ride and then when it's over we go back to being off the yeah. ride again i actually like that version of the theory the best because then that means there's something after this sure which some people yeah. believe there's something after this anyways but in terms of the whole simulation theory, that means that that there's something to go back to after this is done. Yeah, right. That's the, I think that's the reason why religion exists too, right? It's because oh, the, the, they're, it gives purpose. Yeah, it yeah, gives a meaning to purpose, why this right? could be. Yeah, exactly. The meaning I of life is to find yeah. meaning in life. 
I have a feeling this is going to be one of those episodes where people actually like the uh, non-EverQuest content just as much as the EverQuest content. We hear that a lot here, that people don't always come here for EverQuest. And I have a feeling we're also going to get people chiming in on the Discord being like, you know, this is what I think actually about this theory. And I think that'd be a lot of fun to hear more people chime in on this. Um, but before we finish up, we are contractually obligated to Purple Elf Productions and Jeffco, which is uh, the head company, the uh, global brand company, to finish on an EverQuest topic. So. Josh, can I, I don't want to add one more thing to the other first. Oh my goodness. It'll be, yeah. it'll be quick. Absolutely. Sean, Sean yes. is absolutely. No, apparently Sean's the, you know. Sean's not. Go ahead. I'm not asking you. I'm asking Sean. Sean, do you mind if I add one more point? <laughs> I wish that you would actually. I think it would be relevant and it would probably be. It is relevant because Jeff asked the question earlier, but we never really came back to it. And that's the Fermi paradox. So in See? my mind, it, my, my kind of, my concept of this simulation theory actually explains the Fermi paradox. Whoa. Because when you think of the amount of computing power that would be required to simulate this planet and everything on it, it's it's immense. Like, it's massive. So then, then imagine if you had to do that a million times over for all the other life in the universe. So that's not necessary. If we're going through a simulation and we're experiencing a moment in time in the right now, when humanity has not left our planet and gone out into the universe, then then why waste the power simulating all of the other life in the universe? You're it's saying the, the Neanderthals were right the whole time? Those are just little dots painted in the sky up there? No, I think it's all there. But but why put life on it? Like why right. why have millions of other intelligent civilizations uh, scattered throughout our galaxy, possibly trying to to contact us or us observing them. That's a lot of extra computing power that is not relevant to what we're going through here on Earth. So why add it? So that that to me explains why we look up at the sky and there's nothing there, and we end up looking right back down here. That was very interesting. So does that mean? Do you think that? Uh... It, then it's all like also completed. Like if we get interstellar travel down well and start traveling to places, I wonder if they'd like have to build it out as we go. Like, oh crap, they're headed to Omega Z. Let's build something out before they show up so they don't see a blank slate, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they add that later or maybe the simulation doesn't go that far. Ooh, it's an expansion. Yeah. Maybe we got to get the DLC. The Mars expansion. But if, if it's a simulation, they already know the answer, you guys. They, it's already, you. There isn't anything that they don't know. There wouldn't yeah, be. There wouldn't be like something that would be waiting for you to explore, or not understand, or question that they didn't make you think. It's it's almost like to think about it that way. You just said the minimalist way. That why would they? Like again, why would anybody but myself be the simulee? Like the rest of this is all just in my head. If it's really a simulation, they're not going to have each one of us living in like the computing power, like you said, for 20 million people to or a billion people to be living inside the same simulation, mm -hmm. right? Being able to uh, experience right, that's why same. we're actually living in the Jeff simulation, right? I'm yeah. you're all you're all NPCs. Well, that's that's, that's the that thing. Exactly you don't correct. need to you don't need to to simulate the whole thing for every individual person. All you need is to have that individual person be given enough computing power to perceive the simulation around them. 
because when you when you think about it, we're just everything we see and experience is just the way our brain is interpreting the stimulus around us. Like it's yeah, it's I don't know if I can explain that well because well, I'm not I, that part. Well, yeah, but. no, I, I think a lot of people we got a lot of smart people listening. Like we know that we're gonna hit a technology where somebody'll somebody will be able to send an electric wave into our brain and make us see a dog, even though there's not a dog in front of us, because we're now learning that you see a dog when certain things in your brain go clickety click click. Right. So well, if you could just tell yeah, the brain we, clickety click click, you're gonna see the dog even if it's not there. We do that now though. You like I can, stuff that's I can not there. Google, I've got my computer open here. I can Google dog. Oh, and it'll sure. A picture of my dog. That dog's not there. Right, right. But I can see it. So that's that's kind of that's that's fooling my brain right there. I can bring up a picture of a dog on my computer, and if if I was a a, a person from ten thousand years ago who didn't know what technology was, or maybe not what a dog is at the, for that matter, but I I could look at that and I would believe there's a dog right there. That's a good point. I don't know the difference. So we're already getting there. We're already so close to that. That's what that's what most of most of reality is just the things around us tricking our brain into experiencing the world a certain way. Right. Especially when you think about how like cats and dogs see the world completely differently. Like our filter like means something. The way we perceive the world is impactful. Yeah. All right, guys. Can I go back to EverQuest now, please? Jeff Jeff yeah, is already that. texting me. I sold another shirt. <laughs> people are people are insane like why are people buying this stuff still That's i mean i'll take their money i'm fine with it but but wow okay um so josh i don't you know i obviously don't want you to give away any secrets if you have any money making plans for a plane of power but what are they how, how can you <laughs> let me in on this game here well my experience for plane of power in the past is probably going to be different than it is now um, because I didn't have any clue what I was doing 17 years ago or whenever Planes of Power came out the first time. Um, I know that what I've done in Planes of Power in the past for making money, it's, it's, not, it's not on the huge scale, but there is a camp. I'm not going to say where the camp is. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, but there <laughs> is a camp. there's a camp that you can go to where just a ridiculous amount of diamonds drop. Okay. And that's, that's what I've done in the past. I've just gone and I've killed these mobs um, on past TLPs, even using using a similar trio that I have now. Just kill these things, and they drop so many diamonds and like raw diamonds, blue diamonds, regular diamonds. And you can either sell them as a trade skill item on the bazaar. You can vendor them. You can do what you want with them. Even if you just vendor them, they're almost two hundred platinum each. So like it's. That on its own is a pretty good camp, and selling trade skill items to people is never is never wrong. Like I remember on past TLPs, the hero parts that drop in, I think halls of honor. Yeah. People pay a stupid amount of money for hero parts. Okay, like it's part of a pretty good baking recipe. Um, I don't remember if it's part of something higher up. I haven't done all of the planes of power research that I want to do yet, but I just know that they were selling. I want to say for like 300 plat per chunk of people meet. Um, it's, it, it was ridiculous. Like that's any expansion, any expansion. If you can find a trade skill item that people want, you can probably charge way too much money for it and people will pay it. Take advantage of people like me who doesn't level it, up trade skills. Doesn't it seem like the 
some of the key parts might be to some of the different planes also might be no, valuable because they're, they're all they're all kill and quest flag related right like okay. i don't think it's not like vex yeah, doll it's not like you go and you farm pieces for the keys you do events and you do boss kills and then you you follow the uh you hail the right mob you complete the right chain of talking to people and you get your flag so i don't think it's a, i don't think it's a tradable item I mean, there's probably some exceptions. There's probably some tradable items. I think the planar, I think the four planes, the four elemental planes, there might be an item that drops that you use to combine for your plane of time key. But that would be off of large scale raid mobs, I think. Yeah. And how would you even get those? You would need to have like enduring breath to go get the water one. I don't even know how that would be possible. Yeah, it's actually, there's actually no way to breathe underwater on, on the current server. So you just basically drown on your way there. Okay. Damn, I think, damn it, Sean! Happened. I wanted you to break the silence. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think I think my sound broke. I can't hear anyone saying anything. No, I really wanted him to be the one to break the silence, and he just outlasted me. He knew my impatience would take over. Well, it's a lot of dead air there. We can't it's have that much dead air. I'm doing it again now, Sean. Say something. Oh, uncomfortable silences are so good. That's that's a solid way to end an episode on just like several long seconds of uncomfortable silences. Oh, I love it. Together with me rambling in between. And Josh, I love (laughs) having you on. I'm really glad that we've started to dip into some of the philosophy uh, stuff with you because you can tell that you're passionate about it and that you've thought about it. And of course you like uh, Star Trek. This is, this is what you people do. They, uh, they, they lend each other. They lend to each other. There's a man. I said that poorly. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they go hand in hand. They um, don't all- to each other. That's, that's not what I was trying to say. Also, shout out to you, Josh. Um, <laughs> and I want you to plug your uh, guild here in a second. But shout out to you for just being a really good player. We play with a lot of different people now and group with a lot of people. And uh, you're really, I, you're good. You're a really good player. Like you play the game very well. I think you box very well. I've played with other boxers. I think you're extremely good at it. And so... Kudos to you for just learning how to play this game extremely well. Well, thank you. And I have I have noticed grouping, because I don't always group, but when I do, I notice there's always someone just sitting there AFK. You and, wanted me to boot that cleric the other day, didn't well, you? Well, what was what were they doing? They didn't heal. The they they, heal, they healed every done. once in a while. Every once in a while they cast a spell. Yeah, but they were just kind of sitting. They let they let the tank die and then the tank rage quit. Said he was tired, but I don't believe that. I know. And there there was that ranger that I think he went across the room and he was using his bow for a while. And then I think he just wandered away from his computer. Because when we kicked over, he like didn't come with us and didn't answer for a while. And then just mysteriously went link dead. Yep. (laughs) Yep. We seem to attract the AFKers. Freeloaders. Those those DPS classers. A bunch of freeloaders. And healers. Well, when they're dying, it's when they die that fast i think it's obvious when when uh josh you don't show up and we don't get we don't have saturday morning raids fall apart because you're not there that that you're a very good player and that uh that you are needed in those situations uh and oftentimes missed but i know that's not to put pressure no, no, um, i was I know so that disappointed that because i lost i lost power for three solid hours yesterday morning someone actually drove oh. through a hydro pole down the street from my house and then and then fled on oh, no. foot and was chased down by cops with guns drawn. So I don't know 
maybe they were running from the, I don't know what went on there, but either way, there was a whole thing that happened. I didn't, and think, I cops, no I didn't think cops got guns in Canada. I thought they got like bow and arrows or something like that. They're, the cops, they're allowed one gun per precinct. Uh, the rest of them have sticks and bows. <laughs> yeah. And they chase you down mm-hmm. and they ask you nicely to comply and they say, please. And if you don't listen, they just don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Like we need, we need our, yeah, we need some training up here. Like uh, how to, how to engage in conflict. Cause they're oh, all yeah. just light. But yeah, anyway, what I was saying, yeah, well, I had no power. I was so disappointed because I wanted to do the plane of hate minis so bad. So maybe next weekend. Yeah, we'll try it for sure. And then in the in December, at the end of December too, I'll have a ton, I'll have a lot of time and to to do yes. stuff. Got to get a lot of stuff done. Well, that we'll we'll all be sixty five by then, so we can take out all the Kunark dragons then. That's right. So I think I have one more. Oh, I said maybe I'm going right to wrap up, Sean. So if you have anything to say here. No, that's it. I just, I, I really like playing with Josh. He's, and is this the third? No, is this the third time? Do I, do I, I, I owe you, if you, music if you count the bonus episodes, it's number four. So, so I think I need some lock up music. Yeah, I think I better do that. And I, will you remind me what you, what I know you say you listen nine to inch all nails. flavors. Make them a nine inch nails specific? song, Sean. I, um, I listen to, uh, I, I do like nine inch nails. I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift, which people make fun of me for. Um, I listen to what else do I like? I like. At least music. we're in agreement that Red is the best Taylor Swift album. I was really happy to hear you say that because I'm like, oh, I hope he likes Red. Red is a great album. I arguments can be made for Folklore. That is a very solid al- album. I, I enjoy it a lot. But yeah, yeah, can't you can't ignore Red. Red's good. Right, and if you if you tell Sean he can do a, either a Taylor Swift style song or a Nine Inch Nails song, I don't think he knows how to do a Taylor Swift style song. So I don't think he has a choice. Wow. Oh, Sean's a musical wow. genius. He can figure it out. As long as he sings, he has to sing with it, though. Yeah. He has to sing, sing the, the ballad, the ballad of Walk, Don't Run. <laughs> wow. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. I was going to do I Want to Blank You Like an Animal, but that, now that you guys want Taylor, fine. It's probably more appropriate. I mean, you'd need, a, you'd need a, one of those warnings if you want with that song. It's true. That's true. And plus, it needs to be something that every time you come on, it's, you know, that we can rock it. So, all right, Taylor Swift it is. Here I come, Taylor. You can do something else if you want. You can do whatever you want. I like Taylor. There you go. with that. Hey, I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Um, We got some other platforms around now that I want to throw out there. Uh, We are streaming and putting out YouTube videos under Purple Off Productions. We have an Instagram, which is forever under slash quest. And the most important thing is we have a Patreon uh, at, uh, uh, I just distracted myself because I'm like, oh my God, do we have new patrons that I need to shout out? And we do. Um, we have a Patreon. If you go to purpleoffproductions.com and click on the link there. And if you become a patron, first of all, you're a patron forever. Let's say you want to give five bucks a month, but after a year, you're like, I can't do this anymore. You're a patron forever. Uh, you get access to the Discord, and you get access to all the bonus apps once you're a patron. And uh, let me pull up who our new patrons are here. While you do that, if you ever um, need to have feet pics sent to you personally, please send a tell to Grasshopper Albus, or Faceface. That's F-A-C-E-F-A-C-E. You can send them to Cresby. And all you need to say is mirror image, and you will get some sweet. All right, I want to say thank you to Crispin for becoming a patron. 
Thank you, Crispin. What up, Crispin? We appreciate it. Do you think it's Crispin Glover from like... I was uh, was thinking that. That's what popped into my head from Back to the Future. sweet. You know, it might be. I I could see that, actually. Thank you, Crispin. Oh, look. Here it is. All right, then we got Reese. It's probably Reese. It's probably Reese, but I like Reese. All right, like the peanut butter cup. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. We really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. And it means a lot to us every time people out there send a tell and say uh, that you're listening to the podcast. I still keep getting the ridiculous amount of messages of people saying they started playing again because of us. And I don't know whether to say thank you or sorry, but I do know that I need to say Daybreak Games. Where is that sponsorship? We are bringing people in here, Daybreak Games. Let's hook it up. Yeah, we should definitely be getting a sponsorship soon. I'm waiting for the phone call. Also, Zade, I know you know some people over there, and I think that you should just drop the hint that uh, we should get some T-shirts rolling or something. The official voice of Daybreak Games forever. Yeah, see what I'm saying? And then, uh, Josh, uh, do you want to send any people, I don't know, to your Instagram, to your guild? Is there anything you'd like to shout out? Well, my Divine Oath is my guild. Awesome people. Um, I enjoy, I enjoy their company on raids very much. Some of them are a little crazy, but it's a good time. And I, I don't have anything outside of EverQuest to plug right now, but small spoiler for the future. I have something in the works that if I'm on again, I may have to plug. Oh, I love, I like to hear that a lot. Cool. I'm, I'm excited to hear about that. Awesome. Well, thank you everybody. What's that? I said it'll be a good time when it happens. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what it is, but uh, I've got some plans. That's awesome. Well, if you happen, if you happen to talk to Anthony, say hi to him for us too. I haven't. Yeah, to they him. haven't. They haven't been around much as far as playing. I know they got really busy with real life, and he had some stuff going on. So I actually haven't played with them and months but i know they're still recording the podcast i saw them in their discord recording today so they've probably got one coming out sometime in the future i know they drop their episodes every other monday um and they're they're so much fun to listen to they're completely different than you guys they have a structured story they follow a script it's it's a good variety i feel like i can i can say they're awesome without taking anything away from you guys because you do such completely different things yeah no we love them and they're they're very awesome Check them they out bring if you production have value. Frankly, they're the ones who would get the Daybreak game sponsorship, right? They they follow the rails. They don't talk about poop all the time, right? They're way more like that. You know what you're going to get with those guys. We're the wild card. Daybreak Games is never going to take a chance on us. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I feel like you accurately represent the kind of community that EverQuest as a whole has. If anything, you guys are a little subdued when it comes to the type of people that play EverQuest. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> there, there are some strange people who are still latching on to this 22-year-old game. For sure, for sure. But I love it, and I love to play it, and I'm having a good time. And I'm really looking forward to Planes of Power, my favorite expansion back in the day. I really hope it doesn't let me down this time around. And uh, I'm looking forward to that first week, Josh, sending you some tells and being like, what flag should we be working on? Hey, will you join us with your boxes and help us get through the trial of justice? Josh, we need your help. We're falling behind. What, your 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 big top-end guild isn't dragging you through all that stuff? I know my guild's got, we got spreadsheets. Like, we got a guy that's yeah. done spreadsheets to arrange everybody's flags for the first week and a half and Josh. our raid splits and our... 
I can't get oh, too hard, far ahead of Sean or else Fifi's are going to get hurt. He's actually, he's really busy the week that Planes of Power comes out. So we might be looking at some like one group content and maybe waiting a week or so before we start really knocking out the bosses. Because then we're just going to replay the past. What happened back in 2002 where I wasn't playing a time and Sean was back waiting for his water key. And God, I'm surprised we still were friends after that. That's, that's a tragic story. So, and I shed a tear every time I hear it. You know, I can already sense exactly what's going to happen. This is pre totally a precursor to what's coming. I can I can sense it already. This is our oh, because you know if you go back and listen to like the last three or four episodes, every one of them he's talking about how, you know, and this isn't even me alluding to it either. He just him saying this. Oh, you know, I don't really want to actually. I don't want to go too fast in the beginning. You know, I want to kind of take it slow those first couple of weeks, and then we'll probably you know one or two flags in week one, maybe two or three. I don't know. We'll see. I'm definitely not going to be all the way to time. You can definitely bet on that. I'll bet you. Now, you can hear voice, now, I've never heard this character already... before. That's the bitter character. That's, that's, well, that's bitterness. Pure bitterness. You, you, this guy really likes to, you know, talk one way, and then the next day everything starts to slowly change, and then by the end of the week, I can't, Sean, I'm really sorry. I've just been grouping it up every day, getting my flags. I don't know how I even got signed up for this. I just did. I didn't even sign up. It just, I'm there. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to do water together, Sean. That's no. my commitment, too. We're doing water together. My God. So now it's gone from all of it to, the, to water. Forget about it, folks. Just forget about it. It's over. Josh, I'm going to be asking for a lot of help, man. I just, you know, I, I appreciate you more than hey, ever I booked right some now. time off in uh, in early to mid-December when Planes of Power is coming out. I'm going to be around. I love that expansion. Okay. And I'm looking at the release schedule, and it looks like if you don't count Lost Dungeons of Norath as a real expansion, which it barely is, people are going to be doing uh, doing Planes of Power for 16 weeks. So, so, so I think so there's, there's, plenty, there's plenty of time to get all those flags and those raids in. Sweet. I look forward to it. All right. And I look forward to talking to you all next time. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Sean. And thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay, everybody. I really like you guys. <laughs>